Hey team, this is Wayne Smith and this is the Olympia Boxing Podcast. Hope you're all good and you've had a great week. Uh, this week we've got another great guest. I'm very lucky to have um, a man that I have worked with since we began Olympia Boxing. First of all, met him when he was working for Sport for Energy down in Thanet. Uh, and then we've done some work down there with him, but now he's moved on to a national organisation. He's the area director for London and South East. It's Mr. James Gregory. We've done lots of work with James with street games and doorstep sport up and down the country um, when we go to their motorsport festivals, but also just our general delivery of community sport. So this is a great, great podcast to learn all about what the Street Games Initiative is and what they do. Um, so sit back, get yourself a cup of tea and enjoy. Hey James, buddy, how are you doing? Good morning, Wayne. How are we doing? Yeah, all good, mate. Great to get you on the podcast. How's it been? How have you been getting on? Yeah, I think we're all right, thank you. Uh, sun is shining today, so yeah, that always puts a positive spin on the uh, spin on the day. And uh, happy Friday as well. Yeah. So yeah, feeling good and uh, yeah, ready for the weekend. Excellent, good stuff. How have you been? Uh, have you found lockdown and and uh, everything else? We're just easing out of it now. How 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 are you getting on? Yeah, I think talking to uh, a lot of people have gone through similar similar emotions and similar feelings. Really, uh, at first, that novelty. That, that kind of backs to the wall, yes, we can do this, yes, we can still uh, support you know our organisations and get some great work done. Uh, then there's been some dips, I suppose, and then you know some highs of where we've you know achieved really good things in the lockdown. Uh, some maybe because of the situation, some because you know can you know sit down and concentrate on a few tasks to get out of the way, which normally you might be distracted or you might not have time to finish things off so I really feel like uh, hopefully it's been really beneficial time as well for lots of lots of organizations uh, that we work with you know I know it's been tough I know it's been really difficult uh, but yeah we've just done what we can and I think we've uh, we've been helpful that's it yeah no good work yeah I've seen some of the work that you guys have been doing and it's um it's certainly uplifting we started slowly starting aren't we we're slowly starting to get better it's, it's working with proactive people that are ready to follow the guidelines and just get things moving, isn't it? Because there's a lot that are scared to put their, dip their toe in still. Yeah, definitely. I think that's what it is, Wayne. Like, there's so much guidance out there. There's so much information. It's sometimes too much and can yeah. sometimes be really like overwhelming and scary for like independent organisations who are trying their best on their patch. And I think, unfortunately, street games, our hands are tied a little bit in terms of like legal advice or absolute guidance of what we're saying. So we've been signposting, obviously, to the Sport England uh, website and uh, yeah, the, gov- the government guidance. It's, it is quite clear, but it does take time to like get into. Yeah. So yeah, like this whole return to play movement, it does feel like uh, people are gaining confidence in what they're doing. Uh, obviously, it's fantastic news that so many organisations are delivering uh, fit and fed provision this summer because it's such you know it's mm. crisis time for these families living in poverty and just I couldn't imagine what it would have been like uh, you know for these families if they didn't have you know the community provision that you know like you guys and other organizations yeah. have managed to put on in in such a short time frame yeah we didn't know like you said like last year we were sorted weren't we by end of April May we knew yeah. investment we knew the program we had things sorted but it must have been like even, what, 20th of July until you can yeah. get the final yet? 
there's some money there for you. Yeah, it was tight. It was tight. Very tight. Like, very tight. We didn't know. We like with the groups that I work with. We were working really hard behind the scenes. Like I mean, and I mean, like we would make one plan, and then the next day the governments would give another guideline, and we'd have to start again. Like, and we we were just constantly evolving, trying to work like, work how we could deliver the program. Yeah and follow all guidance and make sure everyone was still safe and um, luckily we've got there now we've got five sites ready to go next week so start that's, it. that's amazing and that mindset way that that goes a lot because like we could choose to moan about the situation about i can't believe they've changed the guidelines we were so ready to go that, that actually that that's a good thing yeah as well. that's right and adapting and making those steps i know a lot of football organizations were very much five or six young people one mm. coach getting prepped, getting booking sorted, and all of a sudden, oh, you now can have 30 players together. Mm. So, yeah, that's a headache because we had all these booking systems sorted, yeah. but now actually 30 young people can come together, socially distance and play is, is only a positive step, you know. Yeah, but, that's right. Yeah, we're allowed up to 15 per coach now, so which is a good which is a good moment. Which we're, we're basically, like, we're, our, our normal ratio is one to 16. So we're only one off of, like, with one coach. So, yeah. but the only difference is everything socially distanced. There's no pad work, there's no partner work, stuff like that. So we just have to adjust and yeah. redesign our programs to, to keep them engaging and fun. And, and that's what we've done. So it's, it hasn't been like, when you break it all down, like some people are really open, I found have overcomplicated everything. Like they're, they're really like, I, I know it's because it's all overwhelming. There's a lot of information, isn't there? But like, if you really break it down to make it as easy as possible, it can be quite simple. And that's what we've found. Like you just, the guidance is fairly like straightforward. And long as you put the systems in place and risk assess it all, everything, you, it's, you can get back to you can yeah. get back to delivering because because the, these communities need it, don't they? They need it. Like there's there's so many young people that are hanging around now because they're outside. They're not going to school. They're not they're not then they're not old enough to go to work and they've got nothing to do. They're now hanging around at like and you're seeing it and and people starting to complain that ASB starting to rise and stuff like that again. And there's a simple reason for that. It's because there's no activities going yeah. on. That's right. At the same time, when you know, like the research that Street Games has done, which shows the impact of, uh, you know, of the virus in these like under-resourced communities that we're all targeting, is huge. Yeah. And the mental health that goes around it, the isolation, yeah. the loneliness, the malnutrition, the fact that you know domestic violence is probably something that these uh, a lot of young people have experienced at home mm. for being there for such a long time. School and community provision is the safe haven, and they just haven't yeah. had that. Yeah. So as much as the simple steps to take to get activity back on, it's now about what the coaches and support workers, how they talk to these young people, yeah. how they offer that wraparound support rather than, or you know, more than sport. Mm. So time to sit down and talk and, you know, value what these young people are saying yeah. and how they're feeling. Making that part of sessions is as integral as it is getting them running around now, you know. Yeah, no, hundred percent, absolutely. No, it's good, and it's, it, it, like you say, it's giving them that outlet, isn't it? Like to 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 feel safe and enjoy their day. Yeah, right? and the same like the research again, like this in this young people won't click back to normality. The impact of what what they've just gone through is going to take a few years. Mm. So knowing that actually, like you've done that, I know you've done your induction training again for your boxing coaches about. Behaviour won't click back to perfect yeah. respect, you know, and all that sort of thing. They've been let loose a bit. 
So it's going to take a time for them to understand what it is that you know they need to do back in back in society in a way. You know. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. No, hundred percent. So while while we're on the subject, like, do you want to tell the listeners like what Street Games is? Yeah, of course. Uh, so we're a national uh, poverty and sports charity. We've been around since about two thousand and five, and our our main aim is to make sure that local organisations who are embedded in some of the most under-resourced communities get the help and support they need so they can then in turn support those communities and support young people to live better lives through sport and physical activity. So it is making sure that you know we're targeting these areas like what people say of disadvantaged communities or deprived communities. Uh, young people living in these areas are twice as unlikely to be able to access sport and physical activity opportunities than their more affluent peers. Mm-hmm. So what Street Games tries to do is break down those barriers to ensure that these young people get the opportunity to be involved, to have sport in their lives, ultimately. Uh, and when we talk about sport, we talk about doorstep sport. Where traditionally, as we grew up, we probably went to traditional sports clubs, mm-hmm. and the boxing club, the tennis club, the football club, if we're lucky, our parents paid our subs and we joined teams and we played in leagues. Whereas we're talking, Dorset sport is very much informal, recreational, opportunity to take part. Yes, there's competitive element to these sessions, but it's still more youth club with mm. sport than sports club with youth. Yeah, yeah. So that's, again, that's that difference with that research and insight saying young people telling us how they want to access sports opportunities now compared to maybe, you know, years ago. Mm. Uh, that's fantastic, mate. Yeah. No, 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 it's brilliant. It's like, that's why we love, like, we, we're we a big mantra of the doorstep sport. Like, we love that. And it's so powerful, isn't it? Like, we just turn up, like, a lot of our programmes now, we just turn up to football muggers in the middle of the States, and that's our session. Uh, and, and people don't get it. Like, you talk about it, say, Really? Like, well, that's that's how you do it. And I say, yeah, that, because that's where they are. That's where the young people are. The people that you want to target. You go to a sports club. You get, you, know, you get little Johnny and Jane that go to every single sport, like, and they will play every sport. You go to school, they'll be in every sport team, everything like that. They're, they're, like, they're, there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, there's not. Like that. That's that's brilliant. We've all grown up in sports clubs, but the, we're we're targeting the young people that are disadvantaged that can't afford to go to these kind of clubs and stuff, but also they don't access it because other things become like in their in their view and stuff like that and, and it takes them down a path and and by us like the like the organizations like ourselves and everyone that we work with under street games network and everything like we take we take the sport to them don't we and it's it's so powerful it's brilliant you see their faces like when we turn up they go they go crazy don't they yeah come on let's have a game like you know yeah that's right, Wayne. It's it's all about those positive experiences in sport at a young age to ensure that they stay active throughout their lives. Yeah. I know, again, a bit of research, and I did it my dissertation ages ago about school PE is not always a positive experience for kids. Mm. And sometimes, you know, negative experiences there can really put off kids trying sport outside in the community yeah. Yeah. later on, so they become in- inactive and they miss out on all the benefits of being yeah. part of a sporty sporty life. So the fact that, you know, you rock up and you, you give the power to the young people to say, look, how do you want to play? What would you like to do? I've got all this gear here. Let's go. And they mm. suddenly do feel empowered. And it's, let them you know, lead it. Let them yeah, lead it. that's it. That's it. We're there just to 
kind of observe and hold the bubble together and, and teach the skills, but let them lead how they want to play. Like, yeah. it is so, but it's unbelievable, isn't it? Like, I forget how many young people I've met that do not play sport, that don't play. They, 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 the typical, um, forgot my kits, uh, to PE at school, so they don't get out of yeah. PE. But like, and then when you actually delve down into it, they say it's confidence, right? That they don't, they're not fast enough, they're not yeah. strong enough, they're not, they're everything like that. That they think they're gonna lose and everything like that. So then you you change all of that, don't you? You take it away, like like for instance, like boxing's an ideal sport to say that you don't have to be fast, you don't have to be strong, you don't have to be, it doesn't matter. Like to do boxing fitness, you don't, you don't have to be the strongest. But anyone can do it, anyone. Yeah. What, like you, you have to be with uh, community sport, isn't it? Like we talk about uh, like the culture of the session or like the weather system of the session. That is even more key and more important than the level of qualification that the coach has got. Mm. I'd always advocate for a youth worker to be able to facilitate a sports session than a long-term traditional, uh, you know, level two qualified coach who hasn't had that community experience yeah. before. Yeah. Because it's that connection and that relationship that the leader has to build with their young people that's ultimately going to make that difference. Uh, and obviously, Street Games has a whole like suite of training academy opportunities, which helps projects and helps coaches build those skills and those uh, those tools in their toolbox, so they can make sure that they reach out and build relationships with the young people that they're they're coaching and they're engaging with. And then again, at the same time, the the ethos is that it's long term. We don't don't advocate for short term interventions. If there's any investment contributions we can make to organisations, it's always about part of a intervention or part of a program, rather than asking someone to deliver for 12 weeks and then pop off again. You know that's definitely not what we advocate. But unfortunately, sometimes that's how the funding works, and yeah, that's why we've yeah. got to try. So our job is to advocate nationally with funders to try and shift that system and give trust to organisations to know that the money going into these organisations isn't going to be wasted. Mm. It's going to be spent to keep them in the building and to keep them in these communities uh, over the long term, you know. So, uh, delivering. And like you said, Wayne, like the young people that you meet who are no longer active or dropping out and, you know, so many factors, the fear of failure, the fact that maybe their parents haven't been active for a while, there's all those sort of things that we have to try and reverse. Uh, and the need now is more than ever, you know, the obesity rates are still still going up, inactivity is still going up in, in these uh, under-resourced communities. So it's definitely something that we have to, like, grab other sectors to come with us because we won't be able to solve these issues, like, in isolation with, with just interventions, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, good stuff. So, what, what can you think of like a, a good a good case study that you could tell us, like successes that you've seen dur what, during your time at, uh, as part of your role within Street Game? Yeah, there's too many to mention, to be honest, mate. There's, uh, I suppose, when we work with an organisation, it's not like a entry level application to become part of their network. So it's very much like a, a matching of minds, and there'll be an organisation who believe in the power of sport and what sport for good can do and then they'll talk to us about maybe their weak spots or their blind spots you know places where they need a bit of development as well and hopefully we pull them through uh, like a bit of self-discovery until they realize actually a lot of the boys that we have at this session are footballers mm. so actually coming along to play more football with me is all well and good 
but I'm sure that might mean that the style in my delivery doesn't suit this inactive yeah. group that we're really trying to trying to get to. Uh, a good example, I suppose, is with an organisation in uh, in Tower Hamlets. There's an organisation called Progressive Youth Organisation, mm-hmm. uh, and they really took ownership of uh, one of these muggers in the middle of the Chicksander State in the right community. And I think before they kind of took ownership or adopted it as something that they wanted to deliver their youth sessions on, other like Bangladeshi boys didn't see this as their territory, didn't see this as something that they should go and go and do because there was no leadership, there was no yeah. role model to go and do it. So it was very much about like metaphorically taking off the padlock of this facility for this group of boys who, uh, again, traditionally... I see not to be football type, you know, young young lads who are doing football, and I think that's where trying to smash the stereotype. These Bangladeshi boys wanted to get involved in football, so yeah. it took some young like role models who started out their own organisation to pull that padlock off and go, "This is for us, boys. Yeah. Let's get training. Let's get playing. Let's put the music on, and really like take ownership over this community to know that this is okay for them." To yeah. play there in a safe and you know structured environment, well, secret structured environment, and really go from there. And that was about two years ago when we first uh, talking to those guys. And yes, it started with a bit of short term contribution. Yes, it started with some training and development for the guys to facilitate activity, but also the behind the scenes training of managing challenging behaviour, yeah. uh, you know, managing volunteers, empowering leadership, blah blah blah. And now they've just managed, well, we helped them get a contract for this summer to deliver football and physical activity in 10 different sites Brilliant. across our habits. Yeah, wow. And all of those sites, free food delivery as well. Brilliant. So in terms of space of two years, it isn't just about that intervention, but it's that build-up of that organisation to be able to now be around forever, in a way. Yeah, yeah match meet the needs of their community and other and other communities and grow i suppose very similar to olympia boxing's like life isn't it mm, mm. and then go from there so now those young guys on that estate absolute pillars of the community absolute doing great work the other funders other investors are going can we give you money yeah because it's you working yeah you it's can't working. disappear you can't disappear now and sport was the hook yeah and now it's rolling and I think we're looking at getting another uh, like an accredited coaching qualification. Is that course. the guy that won the coach of the year? So Whopping Youth, yeah, Nahimov. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking. Guys. It was just going over my head, yeah. It was, yeah. Just, it was going in my head. I was just thinking when I watched his, um, I watched the videos, obviously, that um, I was I was in the final three. Yeah. Well. I, I watched his video and that just, I just twigged in my head. I thought, oh, yeah, is that the guy that won that? He, he's... His work, like from that video, was phenomenal. What he's achieved, and this way of working, Wayne, as well, is something that we're trying to shift because, like, again, maybe five years ago, over the, in uh, the Chicksander State, you would have had five or six organisations all competing for the same money to mm. work with the same group of young people. And I think what we've done for our sport for good cluster is go, guys, how can we all help each other? Mm. So it's a real simple idea. How can we pull our resources? How can we pull our investment? And because of that, they're now. They're, they're becoming even stronger because they're going, okay, yeah, we'll do the Monday and Tuesday then. You guys do Thursday, Friday. And these young people are suddenly getting the wraparound support yeah. throughout their week rather than in the old days, it would have been one session a week, 
fingers crossed these young people don't get like distracted or pulled away into a youth crime. But now it's like they're, they're meeting with different organisations in the week. Organisations are really comfortable with that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, the more of those bill, like Billy's on, the better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that goes so like with Olympia Boxing in Kent, where you've got uh, the Medway Sport for Good Cluster, you've got the Thanet Sport for Good Cluster. Yeah, and they're all working together. Work. Yeah, that's it. We're, we're expanding everywhere, I think, through that. Like we, uh, This week on Wednesday, we started again in Broadstairs. So we're down in Thanet now. Um, again, like we've just started with the youth workers down there to deliver our Thanet program. And um, yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. And when you all work together, it's good. You get the networking, but you also start filtering into different communities and expanding the work, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and you know, Wayne, as well, like uh, the money, the investment that now organisations like you guys are bringing in is not necessarily sports money. Mm. This is the thing I'm talking about other sectors. So suddenly we're talking to housing associations, we're talking to community safety units, talking to public health and mental health charities. We're talking to job centres, and all through the power of sport, you're, we're having an impact on other elements yeah, of these well, young people's it, lives. It, you know, it goes so far, doesn't it? It does so many different jobs, doesn't it? All through, through like, because people say to me when when we're talking about what we do, um, like in Olympia boxing within the schools and the community and everything. I explain that boxing is just the tool. Uh, we, that the, the sport that we deliver is just the tool. The benefits of and the targets of what we're trying to achieve far outweigh the sport that we're actually delivering. That is just the tool to engage them. And then yeah. everything else around the program is what we what we get the benefits from, like where we are able to change that young person's life and put them on a positive path and, and help them engage in either further education or try and get towards employment and stuff like that. It, it's a far greater uh, benefit, isn't it? Yeah, and at the same time, you the, the way that you're linked up, you know there's young people in your community session who do want to take it more seriously yeah. and and sport might be an exit pathway, then, right, there's this boxing club down the road. Yeah, that's I'm right. I'm coach. I'll take you down there. I'll give you that first positive experience of that session rather than you have to turn up on your own and knock on the door mm -hmm. and, and open up all on by your own. And, um, and then hopefully they do stay active for life. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, we we've done that lots. So that's what we do with all our community. Anyone that wants to like go to the competitive side or just start more regularly within the sport, we signpost them to the nearest affiliated England boxing club yeah. and I introduce them to the coaches, as you say. So, no, it's brilliant. So what um, I think like now, like the multi-sport festivals, obviously with us, like we've we've travelled up and down, well, up and down the country into different countries. Should I say we've been in Wales and Scotland, um, but we've been everywhere, haven't we? of our arena uh, yeah. for you guys the multi-sport festival you run them all over don't you so we've been to fantastic places mm -hmm. haven't we? millennium stadium man city football stadium the um glasgow square in the middle of the city center wimbledon all over haven't we? yeah unfortunately we haven't been able to do them this year but the uh, uh hopefully we'll be back to them next year but how talk about them how good about like especially like the copper box how many how many kids did we get yeah that was it those uh, so i suppose you know our, our biggest one was i think 2017 2018 mm. where we had 1200 young people Massive, all across the southeast region coming yeah. along and getting a chance to try 
so over 50 different sports really all on that one day uh and also like bringing young people from different areas that whole socialization of realizing that i'm allowed out of my community yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can go out there is there is a bigger world out there uh was i think really powerful and something that project oh, organizers organizers keep telling us that was one like oh, the young people still talk about them you know mm, yeah oh, it was brilliant it always stands out like that that because what we do when we take the arena out uh, wherever we go with the arena we we like to invite the local boxing club down because because as the exit route because what we do like because we could be in like for that one like we're in copper box or something we're in london our clubs are in kent and like we get the kids that come say, where's your boxing club? I want to come down and say, well, we're in Kent, we're miles away, mm. but these are your local clubs. So we invite the local clubs down to come down, meet the meet all the public, and and do and also coach and 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 in, integrate so then they can publicise what they do as a signpost. And I think that that specific festival when it was mental, we couldn't get a club, could we? Like no one, no one, it was just Lee and me, like me yeah. and Lee coaching all day. Like, yeah, I mean, we definitely earned your free lunch that day. Oh, did we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got on, we got on site, I think it was at about seven o'clock in the morning, I think we got on site to, so we left ours like about half five, six o'clock to get there. And we got on site at seven and it takes us two hours to set up. And we were set up and ready to go by 10. And then it just started, didn't it? And uh, I, I think you guys actually put an hour's lunch on everyone because it was so busy, wasn't it? You just went, close down, close down. Yeah, yeah. Non-stop. And me and him, especially, we were padding all day. Like, yeah. and me, it was brilliant. I came out, I was like a beetroot where I had no hat on and like, sun sunburnt and everything. Yeah. Like, what a day it was! Like I think we no. got nine you've knocked it on the head there. Like a standalone event on its own, you know. I think some people, and I know that like, we haven't run it for a year or so because uh, a lot of the investment that we got for those kind of days have been like redistributed towards yeah. longer-term interventions. Yeah. But again, these memories that young people need positive activities positive yeah. days the research again says that so many young people from disadvantaged communities don't get day trips no, don't no, get holidays no, no. Yeah. families yeah. can't afford that sort of thing so a day out you know to london with their projects with their role models is still so important it's something yeah. we still advocate and uh and the vast different like, the sports that you could play there was unbelievable like, the, the whole inside of the copper box was filled up even the, like even each stand like floor yeah. was filled up wasn't it like with a sport next week there was hundreds of sports there. you're painting such a good picture wayne that we'll uh we'll send the link out to the video that was taken right. of that Very event good. so people can have a little look yeah. themselves as well and uh brilliant Okay. I remember that was the first time I went at one of them events. I played wheelchair basketball. Absolutely brilliant. Like, I'd never, yeah. like that's something you think, like, I'm an adult as well. Never, ever, ever even had a go at that. And that's yeah. like, it's something that's like with, like Mark and I have set up sport on your doorstep now. And that's the route that we want to, obviously he's the wheelchair rugby coach, isn't he? And stuff yeah. like that. We're wanting to get a set of wheelchairs to bring them into the community so people get to try and play like get the opportunity to play wheelchair basketball wheelchair rugby and realize it's not it's not just a disabled sport right the able bodies are playing because i think even in the national teams you have one able body per team and stuff right. like. but the fun that the game is it's unbelievable so like we're, we're going to try and bring that out into the community and again way that work the F word, mate, fun is so key, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah, it goes without saying, doesn't it? But I suppose 
we really urge those clubs out there now who's providing support for young people. How how fun is it? Yeah, as much as you might be formal and you might it might be training. Where's that fun? There's still such a dropout in participation at 15, 16, 17. These well now it always has been, and these young people are leaving because they're going to find their fun yeah. elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, we've got you've got to, everything's got to be fun, isn't it? It's how you engage it. Yeah. Same as why I do the job I do because it's fun. That's yeah. the only reason I do the job I do. If it wasn't fun, I'd be back doing something else. No, exactly. Yeah. No, that's right. So, what's the long term goals for street games? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, I've already t- uh, touched on the fact that uh, these, these issues that we're trying to address aren't going away. Yeah. Uh, and the inequality of opportunity and the inequality in terms of activity levels is widening. It's still in these disadvantaged communities. So Street Games still knows that you know we've got a big old job to do to ensure that the organisations who are you know playing such a role in these young people's lives can strengthen and sustain their provision. And again, it's not just children and young people, it's the families' interventions as well, it's the teenagers, it's the, it's the training up of people in these communities to be around to ensure provision can, can stay. Mm. So we talk about uh, like healthier, safer and more successful. The, there's gonna be an increase in poverty, there's gonna be a re- reduction in opportunity and especially talk about work and everything from there. So we've definitely got to work even harder and smarter to unlock the investment to make sure that young people can feel safe, secure, yeah. provided for, uh, stay active, you know, for their physical and mental health, and and hopefully like stay around, way really. Yeah. And I, yeah. we're talking about unlocking investment. Uh, obviously, Sport England and uh, the Department of Culture, Media and Sport are big, big investors in street games, and they know how we do. We're also working on like Department of Education. We're also working on uh, the Home Office. All these other, I suppose, pots of investment. It's street games' job to advocate for the community organisations on the ground and show the importance of our provision. Yeah. To make sure that money does follow. Because again, like the sector, you know, like all those funding pots that you guys have to go for, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit over there. It's quite stressful. It's quite, you know, causes anxiety. It makes you have to like sing for your supper all the time. Mm. What we're trying to do at the moment, I suppose, we've just recently launched a commission to assess the value of community organisations and the value of sport in these communities. And by getting that policy level... Uh, advocacy right so people understand the value of the work that everyone does on the ground it can only be a good thing yeah yeah so for example Wayne instead of you having to write that bid for £2,000 for a 25 week course uh, project wouldn't it be amazing if you could write that bid for a two year investment Mm. which covers essential costs or covers a you know a part time post for you but also covers all those things out there and, uh, and and the need that we know we can work with these kids for two years and really like intensify Make our support. Yeah, no, that's right. And and then and hopefully that people because it's amazing. Like we said earlier as well, like some people see the benefits of this and then they will be phoning you up and saying saying how can we fund you? How can we fund you to get this going? But it's still we're still in that same stigma there, like you say, like every every thirty weeks you're having to reapply for 
the funding yeah. instead of like having a three-year plan right you could go into a community with a plan of three years and go right let's build this over three years and it and it will work but because yeah. people are not seeing this you just end up having to go back and just continually apply for more funding more things funding. are shifting the good news is that like the sport england like framework for their strategy is shifting towards that way and talking a lot yeah. more about trust and a lot more about i suppose stories or mm. like learning learning about what works and the stories of young people whose lives are being impacted by positive yeah. sport rather than the old days of the tick box of how many kids to come along yeah yeah and it's that kind of i want to say step or you know that that kind of opening up of uh of freedom to do what's needed for communities is i think is coming yeah this is our i suppose our most important work is making sure funders see the need for that and see the change in that again you guys the time and uh effort that you guys have to put into your reporting mechanisms at the moment pulls you away from doing the frontline work yeah, as well yeah it does, it does but the projects that you're applying money for if you say i need that funding because i need to spend 10 days at my computer yeah, they uh, reflecting on like the effectiveness of our provision doing the learning doing the planning doing the like the marketing and like the recommendations for the next intervention they're like well no this is for coach hire and whore hire yeah yeah like, it's, i know i'm being quite black and white but it's that sort of thing is actually writing essential resources on our applications is seen as a bit dirty word by a lot of funders mm. or how are you going to stay it's in the not, it's, it's, it's how things are, are done isn't it it's yeah. how things are it's how things like you cannot you can't just put a coach in a in a football mug or in a hall. You can't hire a hall, put a football coach in a hall, and then hope everyone turns up. No. You've got to do a lot of investment of time, marketing, like you say, the planning, the risk assessments that everyone yeah. wants, like everything like that. There's so much admin that goes into these community programs, and funders need to, they do need to to realise that as well because sometimes that is what is stopping some programs getting started. Yeah literally organizations um don't have the, the like literally they work from one project to the next project and if they yeah. haven't got the cost the, the the funds that will that will allow them to do the administration time these programs are not not getting running and then who loses out there the yeah. community and the young people isn't it and those outcomes Wayne, of those sessions is something which like the way it's set up is really makes that difference on like that quality. So it's time yeah. the outcome can be, well, we're occupying 20 kids a week and that's what we've got. Cause that's all the money we've got to do it. Yes. Or the outcomes can be, we're actually empowering these 20 young people <laughs> every week. Mm. Those soft outcomes, which, you know, we know we make such a bigger difference. If projects are given the time to design their intervention even more, it's going to be like the outcomes are going to fly through the roof, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's no, the sort yeah. of thing about we're not we're not occupied. We don't want to just occupy young people. We don't want to just babysit them or or spend time with them a little bit each week. Mm. You said already the boxing's the tool, but the important work is the time that's taken to build the relationships and all that, and designing the intervention, not just mm. rocking up with your bag of gloves. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, like a prime example, one of my coaches, Tommy, 
Yeah, Tommy never competed in boxing. I mean, he's now one of my top coaches. He delivers every single program that we did, and he come through community sport. Like as the old joke goes, like which which adds to the story, like and shows how powerful the programs are. Yeah. I kicked him out of the program once because he was such a like he was such a rude little shit. Like is the is the easiest way to say it. He was he was on a bad path, and he was like he was your typical like rude, arrogant, like everything like that. And I kicked him out of the program, gave him enough warnings and tried working with him every strategy I could and couldn't get it. And all he was doing was disrupting, disrupting. So I kicked him out. And then he, he obviously realised what, what he was missing and he came back to me. Like, I've known him since he was born. I'm friend, friends with his dad. But he, um, like, he, he knew what he was missing. He came back to me and said, Wayne, I'm sorry. Like, he apologised. He said, like, I know I'm going down a difficult path. Like, I need, to, I need some positivity. And he wanted to then come under my wing, like, and he started doing his work experience, everything like that. And now he's done all his coach qualifications. Now he's one of the leading coaches at Olympia Boxing. He delivers everything. So it shows you the time and investment that was taken with him. Like the, the boxing was just the tool. And now look where he's at. Just yeah. time and investment, you know. That's that growing your own, isn't it? And like they mm. said, Tommy's mental health is probably better. His physical yeah. health is probably better. But his life chances are better. Mm. Because of the time you've taken to build him up through the yeah. sessions that you're delivering. And that's like, that's kind of warts and all, isn't it? Really important to know like how valuable you guys were for him mm. uh, in helping him like change his life around. Yeah. And it's those yeah, stories and that, and that, that, goes, come that goes across the board. That isn't just what, what we've achieved. There's no. boxing or what I've achieved. That this happens day in, day out with all community organisations. If they're allowed the time to develop with these kids instead of, oh, go in there, do a six-week programme. You're with them kids for six hours. You're not yeah. going to... Three hours of them, they're just getting to know you. Or, yeah. or four or five hours of that, yeah? They're just getting to trust you and know you. And then and then the, the programme's finished, isn't it? Yeah. And then you move on. So, you, like, you're not getting... You need the longer term, like you said. Yeah. I suppose why, why we're here... Um, we can't do a street games podcast and not talk about fit and fed. Like, obviously, all my listeners and followers they know like the programs that we deliver, but it's it was street games that created this initiative and, and made it a national program. So, like, if you want to give a lowdown on on how it came about and and what's going on, stuff. Yeah. Okay, Wayne. Well, like uh, like any of our interventions or campaigns, it's all kind of based on the research and insight from uh, from on the ground. And I think 2017 was our first year at launching Fit and Fed campaign. And it came from the research where we were talking to young people, talking to families, talking to project leads. And, that, and during the holidays, children, families, young people, they struggle even more than they do not during normal, uh, like normal school term. And I think the reduction in like free school meals, the fact that they're not that there, means that families struggle to find that 60 70 pound a week extra food budget that's needed just to keep their kids like fruit if you like you know so young people come into holiday provision and they were turning up sometimes with no lunch sometimes with a couple of bits of uh, you know bits of bread bottle of uh, two liter bottle of coke a yogurt and that's all that families could afford so obviously when they're turning up they're not joining into their sports they're not like performing like how they should be they're not having as much fun they're hungry they're irritable they're misbehaving they're finding it hard to concentrate there's all these things because of their empty stomachs mm. 
So instead of us kind of just going, look, we're the sports guys, really. That's not that's something we can look at. We've gone, right, that's a problem, an issue that we can do something about. And I suppose it started with a few pilots where it was like, how can we feed these kids when they're coming along? What can we provide for them? And like some organisations have kitchen facilities at their youth clubs. So things like that might be easier than uh, you know other organisations. But again, find a way. So partnering up with organisations like Fair Share, uh, where hot food can be, you know, or not hot food. Fair, fair share is surplus food delivery. Mm. There sometimes it's down to the organisations to find a way to make use of that food. Yeah, fair share can have been absolutely brilliant with us. Like it's absolutely brilliant. And what they give us is unbelievable. Like, yeah. like it, it really is. Like well, I'll be saying because they know what we're doing. It's brilliant. Sometimes I'll be standing there, and the, and the order that they've given us already is is ginormous. And I'm loading the van up, and they go, Wayne, yeah, do you want some of this? Do you want something? They're throwing it in the van. Like, and yeah. I'm going, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but the kids yeah. absolutely love it. You know, it's, it's, um, like they get such a diverse amount of food, isn't it? Different yeah. things. Some food. And imagine, like, some like, of these kids have never even eaten as well before, yeah. as well, which amazes you. That's it. And that's the thing, Wayne, like, good food that's there. You know, there's that issue sometimes, like, any food is better than no food. Mm. But actually, all the research, again, like, when kids are going back to school, malnourished, uh, you know, having the wrong foods as well as having, uh, you know, no food, it yeah. puts them back in their learning. Mm. And they go back, actually, and it takes the school, you know, maybe 10, 12 weeks to get those young people to a level where they were before the summer holidays. Yeah. So yeah. then their whole progress in life is, is stunted because they're hungry over the summer. Yeah. So again, you're not just feeding the kids so they can have a little run around and feel better. It's really it's important. It's got a knock-on effect with everything. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, you know, and like the, the the mental health as well and anxiety of those families and those parents who are really finding it hard to give their kids the good food. Mm. What a relief to know that I can send them along to a fit and fed session. Yeah. Knowing that they'll be looked after. They'll be active. They'll have positive role models around them, but they're also getting fed. Yeah, that's right. And also, it's life skills as well. Like, we've got some, for, like, obviously not now. We've had to redesign, obviously, because of the gu guidelines and everything. The way we're doing it now, like, we're, we're doing a packed lunch. So, they, so the way, easiest way is that we've got one person making the making the food up now and, and we're putting them into a paper bag that they're taking away with them now because, obviously, the guidelines and everything. Um and uh, but before that, like we the life skills, like we had some programs. Just say, like some of our programs are blessed, where we've got community volunteers coming in that will help prepare the food, which allows the the coaches to go outside and just play and have activity all, all the way through the program. But some of the programs we're not blessed with that. So what we end up doing is the coach will like say we'll. Stop, we'll stop a little bit earlier than what we would if we had the support. And, and we actually teach the kids how to make the lunches, do you know? Like, and, and some of them, like, which have never, some have never even made a sandwich. I know, you know, mate. know how to butter a bit of bread. You have to show, yeah. and we're teaching them this, like, and everything. And, and you actually see the creativity coming with them. Like, it's yeah. like making shapes out of sandwiches and stuff like that. Like, just, just as a bit of fun, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know? But, more life skills and this is all from fit and fed and the sit down as well Wayne so sitting down and actually having a meal together with, yeah. with your friends and with other adults again like so, like life is chaos chaotic for lots of families and uh, sometimes that isn't a, a priority and that's no. understandable so the fact that actually all sitting down with your friends sitting down with the coaches 
taking the time to have conversation over food, that's something, again, which I suppose so many of us take for granted. Yeah, yeah. But it's really quite special for these young people. And, uh, yeah, it just it just goes to show the need is so then, like, your fair share conversation. Imagine five years ago where, where, where holiday hunger and things like this wasn't really talked about, wasn't really known about. So all that food would have gone to waste. Yeah. All that kind of thing like that. Yeah. It's, uh, and you really are in such a difference now, like the landscape now. Who would have thought that a sports organisation or a boxing organisation like you are sitting there and you're, you're meeting the needs of community by feeding those kids and, and giving them all yeah. those life skills they need, you know. But uh, what offer? And I'm, really, I'm so proud of our organisations who are, who are doing that day in, day out and, and really like taking care of those communities, you know? Mm, mm, yeah, no, it's a huge, isn't it? And I, I love what, like, looking through our networking uh, on social media and that, all the other organisations up and down the country, the stuff they're achieving with Fit and Fed is phenomenal. It's brilliant. And like, I'm, I'm really passionate about the programme because of the holidays, like, it, it, it is so powerful, but it's, it's such a fun programme to deliver. So fun, like the, like that you meet some real characters that you don't normally get to meet. It, it's it's absolutely brilliant, and obviously you get the satisfaction out of like uh, the reward from like yeah. from what you achieve with it, like helping everyone. But but it's they're phenomenal programs. That's it, and that work, Wayne. Like the the spotlight that you guys are shining on the work that you're doing. Hopefully, councillors, local authorities. Mm -hmm public health, NHS, seeing the value of what it is that you're doing and then right, we've got pots of investment here. Yeah, we don't need to, it around. Yeah, we don't need to go and start up new interventions just because that's what the investment's for. We don't need to do it via doctor surgeries or family centres. Sport can be the way. And recognising that and empowering you guys as organisations to go carry on with the great work, expand your great work, that's that's the kind of the connections yeah. that we need, isn't it? Mm, yeah, no, we're, we're very lucky. We've got a couple of housing organisations that have seen the power of it uh, and a couple of local community organisations that, that also see it. And, and we're working really hard now. Like, and and as, as, like going from, going from having four months of not, like not delivering anything like really apart from virtual programs but as of next week our whole coaching team is at full capacity yeah you know? so it's brilliant like, it shows how yeah. powerful these programs are that they're needed like not only that like we're now back at full capacity delivery so it's um it's, what, what would you say like with uh with kent as well <clears throat> is there enough of enough organizations who are who are working this way in kent or would you think is there a bit of a uh like a development thing for maybe us all to work on to try and get other organizations to work this way to meet the greater needs of their community yeah i'd say so I'd, uh, yeah there's always room for improvement same with us you know like we're always looking at ways we can improve and way that we can do more you know, so I think there's always room for that. Like we've got a great uh, cluster down here that that are doing fantastic work. Um, but I'd say we can all do more. We can always like if allow if everything allows. You know, if time allows and and systems allow and it's people's input. A lot of people are volunteers, so they can only do certain things and stuff like that. Like, but I think I think we've got a good thing going in Kent. I really do. Yeah. Like, a lot of proactive organisations. Momentum is there, isn't it? Mm, yeah, no, and we, well, if you, especially if you look, what, what have I been working with you? Seven years now. Yeah. And 
if you look back seven years ago where we was in Kent to where we are now, that's massive. That's yeah, huge, yeah. huge. Like we weren't doing anything like this. Like yeah, I right. used to actually find I used to actually find like you think like what we do all day every day. I used to find the school holidays was the hardest time to fill. It was the hardest time to fill. We couldn't get nothing going apart yeah. from evening set we had nothing to do during the day like and and you'd think that's when all the kids are around and yeah. we could and that was because uh funders and that just weren't weren't funding they weren't yeah. funding some holiday programs they, they they made they didn't see the benefit of funding holiday programs and stuff that you could put on for the community and stuff the only thing that you could get was if they were family paid yeah. You know, for families paid to send their children to summer holiday schemes and stuff like that. And that, and they, like, I, if you look around now, I, I see some, but I don't see as many as what there used to be because there's so much disadvantage around now, isn't there? Yeah. Like, I, when I remember when I was a kid, there was lots of summer holiday schemes. Like everywhere you look, there was a solid holiday scheme. But now, like you. Very, or if there is, you see their videos on social media and that. There's hardly any kids there. Right. You know, like you might have some <coughs> kids on a scheme, something yeah. like that. Whereas you come to our fit and fed down at Chatham and Luton, we've got 60 kids there. Do you know, yeah. like it's it shows shows like from the council's point of view and housing associations' point of view. If you put your money and in, your investment into the right areas, look what can be achieved. Yeah. Definitely, mate, and meeting those needs, isn't it? Yeah. Like right. Again, it's that thing, it's not sport for sport. You're not getting money to put on sport. You're getting money to yeah. change these young people's lives, to feed yeah. them and to keep them safe and to, you know, keep on the path and to relieve yeah. the stress of the families. And I suppose that's something that I used to be guilty of when I was like, look, let's just do it. Come on, we don't need to waste time talking. We don't need to waste time building the case. Let's, let's get on with it. We know the needs are there. We know yeah, kids will come. But actually, the policy and the research and everything, you know, Marcus Rashford, what he's done is amazing. Yeah, Shining yeah. a light on those issues and those problems and having research to back it up unlocks the money. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, and absolutely. That's, and that's, we're, we're, yeah. we're very lucky with our partner, Moat Foundation, like the foundation, the charity arm off of Moat Housing. Um, we started working with them in just one area and I introduced them to the Fit and Fed program and it blew up on one of their estates. It was brilliant. And um, and from, from that, they saw how powerful it was. We're now doing four other sites for them, yeah. like areas, like four different areas. We're in Gravesend, Sittingbourne, uh, Gillingham yeah, and Ashford, you know, like, so like, that's just through from doing one area and they've gone, yeah. they opened their eyes. They went, wow, look what this has done for this, like this area. Let's, let's replicate that in our other areas where our residents live. And um, and each each area is successful. Fantastic. Each area's got big numbers, you know. So it's it's showing that, and it's trying and like you say, it's trying to explain to other housing providers uh, and community providers. Look how powerful this is. We need we need this. The community yeah. need these programs, don't they? No. So that's the end of uh, end of year goal for us, then, mate. We have to uh, put on a little housing association meeting to showcase the work that you've done, and uh, yeah. Ready for investment. Get, yeah. get it in front of everyone and let's show it. Let's get to work. That's what we should be doing, isn't it? Yeah. All right, mate. Well, perfect. I think we've been we've had a good go today, haven't we? We've we've put the world to rights today. Yeah. Brilliant. We've talked about everything about streets, which is fantastic. Um, 
where can like so if you just want to tell everyone where they can look street games up and follow and everything like that and then, and then yeah so it's um, streetgames.org on our website and then we'll see uh street games on on twitter and instagram and street games london uh our, our accounts but yeah there's plenty of like investment opportunity for us for, for organizations there's lots of free training and development and coaching qualifications for young people as well as as well as coaches uh we help with like investment applications as well funding applications to other sources so if someone thinks oh there is funding there but i'm i'm not sure i'm not very confident about getting that application done then come to us and we can we can help with that as well so uh so yeah hopefully the fact that rain has been with us like over seven years now shows you the longevity of our of our support and uh that we're worth talking to we're worth being friends with that's right absolutely no good stuff mate all right then buddy well brilliant talking to you as always james and uh no doubt we will catch up soon mate all right see you really soon mate. keep up the great work cheers mate bye-bye so there you go guys well, I think that was another good podcast. It was great to hear James's perspective on street games, what they talk about and what the work that they're doing. Um, I think we did put the world to rights there, talking about all communities and disadvantaged communities and the, the power and the need of, of community sport and doorstep sport. It shows you like the likes of Fit and Fed and everything. And most of all, like James was saying, that the sport is just the tool it takes there's so many benefits that come off of sport and 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 allow people to grow and communities to grow and it all starts with sport so there you go um so if you'd like to follow james you can find him on all all the social media platforms street games uh you can find them anywhere they're all over the place social media websites everything um and if you'd uh, yeah we'd love to hear your feedback of what you're thinking of our podcast and any ideas you'd like any guests that you'd like us to get on or if you'd like to come on yourself and talk about what you do um please get in touch like we're always looking for more guests and stuff so if you'd like to follow what we do our website is www.olympiaboxing.co.uk we're on facebook olympia boxing cic our twitter and instagram handles are at olympia boxing so please if you could give us five star review this will enable our podcast to grow and it will spread our work further to far more audience okay guys have a great week and we look forward to seeing you next week with another great guest okay okay be safe ta-da